Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the February 27th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. February flying by, as it usually does. Uh, we're going to go through some season-long stuff. Trade deadlines passed. There's still some buyouts. Hey, we had a, a guy get released today that has uh, valuable rotation minutes. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some possible other ones to come. With me to do so is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? How's it going, Mike? We're in the home stretch here. Right? I uh, got a good, what, month and change? Uh, almost, what, month and three-quarter months to go? Uh, it's going to be pretty crazy. We're going to see a lot of guys get shut down. We'll talk about the bad teams. And every year, there's guys getting shut down. Last year, Thaddeus Young and Brooke were two two ideal candidates. That Brooke is again. So we'll touch on that and what it means. But I'm going to start with the news from this morning. There were two, actually three interesting things for two teams Bad news in Philly. Um, Joe, I'm sorry. Joel Embiid has a swelling in his knee. And over the All-Star break, he's like, oh, yeah, once the swelling's down, I'm going to be good. I'm probably going to play first game after the All-Star break. Well, he had swelling in the first practice, got swelling again. He's getting an MRI today, out indefinitely. Ugh. Um, so what are your first impressions on that? I guess we have to ask, is Embiid droppable? And... Yeah, I mean, Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes and Joe Okafor, how do you feel about them? Uh, I like them both. And honestly, I hate to say it, my first reaction when I read this was I just kind of not surprised. I yeah. was like, okay. Um, you know, as soon as they said he had a very minor tear in his meniscus, you're talking about a guy who they shut down for an entire season just to ensure that he would come back healthy. He's looking like an absolute franchise cornerstone for the next decade. They were never going to take any risks. So, although, you know, we don't want to try to scare owners by putting stuff like that up in blurbs initially when he's just day-to-day. Um, then you, then they came out with that report that he was out at least four games, and you just, uh-oh, like, that, that was when it really got clear that he was a shutdown risk. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's enormous. So, is he, is he droppable? I don't know. I'd wait. He's getting an uh, MRI today, this afternoon, so I'd at least just wait, see, see what that says. Yeah, and obviously with the droppable stuff, it depends on your position. I mean, if you can afford to wait, yeah. wait. If you're in ninth place and only six teams make the playoffs, what can you do? I mean, you, you, he's going to miss. I mean, it, you, out indefinitely is very... I mean, we've seen guys, what, well, Lou Dang, for instance, out indefinitely, and he was out like two days. So out indefinitely could mean a variety of things. But, I mean, what, what's your sense on this? I get, I get like, I'd be really surprised if he's back in two weeks for the reasons you said. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, if the playoffs keep sliding out of reach, I, I don't, I wouldn't be shocked if he shut them. Yeah, I mean, he's he's right at the top of the list of shutdown candidates. Um, so yeah, what are we doing here? Um, Rashawn Holmes had a monster Friday, double double, five blocks, two steals, just tremendous rim protection from him. And then right on the heels of that, Joel Okafor went off for the twenty-eight and ten and kept uh, really kept a minute uh, in Madison Square Garden. It was a really good game there. So, preferences on who to own, how high do you think Okafor will be? Obviously, the defensive stats are there, and then I guess how hot of a pickup is Rashawn Holmes? Uh, Holmes is a pretty sweet pickup, man. He's, he's looked really good. Uh, not a ton of minutes, but past two games, he's averaging 10 points, 
12, uh, 12 boards combined. He's got seven blocks, three steals. So you love to see the defensive sets there. Um, Jalil, I've never been too huge on him just because you haven't seen necessarily the versatility you'd want from him. Uh, free throw shooting is pretty rough. But he's in a great spot. Maryland, you know, Noel's gone. Embiid might be done for the season. So he's he's staring at a heavy workload. Um, they don't really have many other options there. So in terms of who I'd prefer, I don't know. That's tough. I, I really like versatile guys who contribute across the board. So I might even go with Holmes here. It's super close. Uh, and then, too, don't forget, like, what, like two months ago, uh, Holmes was ahead of Okafor uh, when they had conditioning concerns. So I think there may be a possibility that they, they I think priority number one with Okafor, they want to trade him. Because, I mean, Rashawn Holmes is a very capable backup. So, I mean, when the time comes to pay Okafor, what, a year, a year from now, um, he's a restricted free agent, or actually two years, um, they're going to want to, um, they're going to want to shop. I think he's, like, the main reason why they're playing him is to trade him. So I think they're going to, like, take it easy on him. So, yeah, I think it's super close. I mean, it depends on your team fit. Like, if you're really bad in points... And I, I, I tend to be looking for points a little bit more because I don't draft points. I draft everything else. It's easier to pick up. Case in point, like Okafor, I'd rather have him. But I think Holmes is going to be legit, man. Uh, he even hits some three-pointers every once in a while, so he's really well-rounded. Just a quick tangent. Uh, thoughts on Nerwin's Noel, just quickly, on how you, how you feel about his value going forward. He's going to start eventually, probably play at 30 minutes regularly, maybe even more than that. Uh, he said his quote, he's going to spread his wings now. So he looks good. So what are your, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, I love it. I think it's perfect. You own him. This is what you're waiting yeah. for. Because we said we said all season, you know, if you're holding him, just pray for that trade to a positive situation. And that's exactly what we got. Um, on Saturday, he played, he played 30 minutes, and that was despite foul trouble. Yeah. So, yeah, I think 30 minutes, you know, is a very reasonable average for him there. You know, we've seen what he can do when he gets to that time. The defensive stats, boards, um, efficient field goal percentage. Yeah, and I was talking to Jonas about this. I am very much a fan of the Philly system, so I'm not expecting as much boards and... Uh, I'm sorry, I expect the boards, but the steals and blocks, I feel like, are going to be a little bit down per minute um, with Dallas. I just feel that they, they funnel a lot of stuff to their back guys, one, because they don't have really good perimeter defenders besides Covington. So I don't... I don't. He's still going to be great. Like I still think he's going to flirt with like top 50, top 40 maybe, but when he was really hot, he was rolling, like, what, top 20? Because of those defensive stats, so like, we're, if we're drafting, where where are you thinking? Uh, I I had him exactly at top fifty. Okay, I yeah, thought. so on the same page. And um, I think that's being kind of conservative. But yeah. you look at pace alone. Um, you know, Dallas is second to last. Yeah. Philly has the fifth fastest pace, so immediately he's going to have to lose some value on a permanent basis. For sure. And then also one, you could argue perfect spot. Uh, he's his competition for minutes is Salah, Measure, and Dwight Powell. So, um, yeah, he's, he's uh, obviously, met, uh, Dwight Powell's a DMP CD, so he got killed. I mean, it's crazy. What, in December, they were like, oh, we're definitely going to play Justin Anderson and Dwight Powell more down the stretch. And no. Uh, so, that did turn out to be true. So, yeah, really the other big story today is uh, just up the New Jersey Turnpike and Brandon Jennings and Joe Kim Noah. Brandon, they are basically not going to play for the Knicks again. Jennings has been released, and Joe Kim Noah, he's going to have arthroscopic surgery on his left knee. So, really, I mean, if Hernan Gomez is sitting out there, like, get in a better league, for one, and then actually pick him up first, then get in a better league. Uh, and then Kyle O'Quinn, man. Uh, he, him, Danny Green, uh, Ursan Ilyasova a while ago, just guys that are so inconsistent. 
Um, but you got to pick him up, I guess. Uh, obviously, Hernan Gomez first, but I mean, O'Quinn's going to get 20 minutes, and we know he can do things with those 20 minutes. Like, he's kind of like Rashawn Holmes, too. I think he has even higher upside than Holmes does. Yeah, he's averaging two and a half blocks over the past five games. He's got steals, boards, you know, hands out the occasional dime. So just look at his box scores for the past couple weeks without Noah, and if you like what you see, then you know that you're going to get that the rest of the year now. Yeah. So there's there's not as much uncertainty about, oh, will will Noah come back and cut into this? Um, you know, what you see is what you get at the moment. So yeah. I think he's a fine pickup in most leagues, but there's so many guys out there, like these guys we're talking about, uh, Rashawn Holmes. I think I would lean toward him over, over a KOQ here. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, I think... Like, long-term upside is a little bit higher. Because, I mean, Okafor's not not exactly the healthiest guy around either. Um, Multiple knee knee injuries, had surgery last year. So, yeah, I think think if you're shooting for upside, I would go Holmes. Um, Okay, so Jennings, that means Ron Baker. And then they also signed Chasen. They're going to sign Chasen Randall, uh, a guy who killed it for them in the preseason. Surprisingly, they didn't keep him. Uh, The Sixers let him loose when they made the Ursan all those moves um, to get Justin Anderson and so on. So what are we doing there? Anything to pick up? And then also worth to mention, too, Jennings played a lot at two. Hasn't played a lot at two lately. So Justin Holiday, slight winner. Um, and then Courtney Lee, also a slight winner. And then also one thing that Frank Isola mentioned is Derek Rose could possibly be waived or bought out. Um, so, yeah, it, the Knicks are bad. They're going to tank. They need that draft pick. This also raises, up, raises the sh- uh, shutdown concerns. For Porzingis, Melo. Melo's been playing great, but man, Melo, he's going to peak and he's going to start trending down. So pretty much sell all your good Knicks and then possibly buy the bad ones. Um, Except for Hernan Gomez. I would consider Hernan Gomez good to great. Like, like, bold prediction, I wouldn't be surprised if Hernan Gomez is in, like, Noel territory. Like, he's going to get so many minutes. They're going to play him so much. Yeah, he's already in mid-round value, so you see a little bit of an uptick as the season wears on. I'm with you. I think that's totally reasonable. He's a pretty much a must-own must guy right now. Um, in terms of the backcourt, I don't see any big winners at the moment. Uh, Courtney Lee, yeah, I think he's going to get a bump, and he's already on the fringe, so that's that's not bad if you just need a cheap shooting guard. He, um, I was going to say, he had a really good month, like up until about a week and a half ago. He was hanging like fifth-round value over like a 30-day span. So, yeah, I like Lee a lot. I definitely think he's worth owning. Uh, very, he's been very fantasy-friendly, always been really efficient, some decent steals. Capable ball handler, too. So if Rose goes, he'll run the offense a little bit more. So I, I like yep. Lee. Uh, okay, so really the other big story, and we hit on it. And I'm, I'm proud of myself. I listened to a lot of Ryan McDonough stuff on Friday and Thursday, and I wrote a bunch of blurbs uh, Friday afternoon saying, like, here comes the youth movement, and... Jeez, uh, they went all the way, man. They went from like going. They, they Ryan McDonough said we're going like halfway youth movement on Thursday, and he wasn't kidding about going full youth movement. Tyson Chandler DMP CD two games. Brandon Knight DMP CD two games. Like it's on, man. Tyler, like my Tyler Ewis boy, he's looking good. Uh, Big Sauce Alan Williams monster game. He's had two awesome games over the weekend. Alex Len started, didn't play well. Uh, Marquise Chris played okay. He guarded Giannis on Sunday, so I give him a pass for the subpar game. But the minutes are high. He's going to play a ton. He was also the first player that uh, McDonough mentioned that they want to play more. So he's got a big opportunity in front of him. Um, yeah, I mean, TJ Warren had a really good weekend. So yeah, all those all those guys that we've been talking about as stashes. I thought we were thinking what, like March fourth, March fifth, March fifteenth. 
till this goes down, but geez, right out of the gate. So, are we thinking like Tutson Chandler doesn't play again, or like what's what's the deal here? It sure looks that way. I mean, yeah. The one thing I'll add, one thing I can add before I let you go, uh, I'll let you answer. McDonough said that they talked to Chandler about playing, uh, like about being okay to sit, and they're like, okay, if you're not okay with this, we'll trade you. And apparently, he was okay with it. So for to, for you to ask your player that, like that's pretty good indication that he's going to rest by two out of three games at least so just i'll leave you with that and go ahead yeah the fact that chandler said that he was fine sitting out and then immediately started picking up dmps i think is indicative of uh, just a shutdown he's being shut down just earlier than we're used to seeing it um I'm, I'm a little surprised about knight though they've got him under a guaranteed contract through the 2019-20 season so I'm a little bit surprised they're not just trying to showcase him, get him out there, rebuild his value, which is absolutely tanked this year. Um, maybe they just have no confidence that if they played him, he would increase his value. That's a possibility. I was going to say but, that the last time they did that, there was a Houston game. He had like one DFS point when when Bledsoe rested. So like, do you want to risk that happening again? I mean, obviously yeah. he's not part of the team's plans with Tyler Ewis. They trust him. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but um, in terms of the other guys you mentioned, I love TJ Warren as a pickup. They're just unleashing him. He's, you know, 38 and 39 minutes in the past two games. Uh, all the shots he wants. So that's great. Marquis Chris, as you mentioned, the dud on Sunday. But before that, he was looking really good with the defensive stats, boards, hitting a couple threes. He could live with some inefficiency. Um, also a solid pickup. And then you got you to gotta just roll the dice on the big sauce and see what happens. Yeah. He's Coming off two huge games, we know what he can do, even if he just gets 20 minutes a game. So He's clearly outplayed Alex Lang. He's only a year older than him. They're both going to be restricted free agents. McDonough said they want to look at him to see where he's at market-wise and how much they want to pay him. But, I mean, this guy is legit. Like, Holmes, he's just like a solid backup big man. A guy that can go out there, eat some paint for you, uh, get some – I mean, he's, his rebound rate's phenomenal. So he looks really good. Um, but yeah, so who would you would you prefer Big Sauce to Len? I mean, he's clearly outplayed him. It's not even close. And Len's been pretty bad, pretty much for the whole season. Yeah, that's a it's a very interesting question, and I think I would because just yeah. um, you know just go for the upside. And it's not like Len has helped you to this point. Uh, sure, he might get going and you know flirt with mid round value, but then again, so could Williams. So yeah, I think it's reasonable. Yeah, decent free throw shooter, Williams. Alex Len is as well. Um, but yeah, this this is a great system too. They're elite in pace, lots of like here. Um, mention also Derek Jones Jr. is in the rotation now. Not that you're going to use him, but I love seeing him out there for the highlight appeal. Um, okay, so the the two best players in the Suns are Eric Bledsoe and Devin Booker. And Ryan McDonough talked a lot about giving Booker more ball handling responsibilities. Mentioned all the guys they want to play, the young guys, possibly Dragon Bender. Also, he said that he's hoping he comes back next month. So keep an eye on that. One thing he didn't notice that was pretty clear to me, he didn't talk about Eric Bledsoe. Um, that scares me. If, I, if I'm a Bledsoe owner and I'm not, and I heard all the stuff that I've heard over the weekend, I'm shook pretty hard. Um, I think they're going to shut him down at some point. I'm not sure when, but especially with how drastic they've gone with Chandler and considering all the meniscus issues that Bledsoe's had, I mean, it's going to mm-hmm. be a real, real good chance that we see him March St. Patrick's Day we start seeing serious maintenance on back-to-backs and so forth. So um, if you still have a trade deadline, I would sell pretty cheap on Bloodstone, man. I'd be like total value. I'd be really surprised if he's like top eighty. And as I mentioned for the past month, I like Tyler Ulysses as a sneaky pickup. 
Yeah, what, what worried me, and you're right, those quotes about wanting to see uh, Booker handle the ball, uh, ball more, uh, him constantly talking up Elos, those are both sort of warning flags, and then also the fact that heading into the All-Star break, he alluded to the fact that Bledsoe had hit a wall and Physical. was exhausted, <laughs> and they gave him that uh, precautionary off day. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of red flags are starting to pop up. Yeah, the back, he's going to sit, like, I'm almost positive, the, the last four or five back-to-back sets, he's not going to play in both halves, maybe even both of them. Um, okay, so the other team that really got worse over the trade deadline, obviously when you trade the guy who's number two in usage rate, you're going to have some shots available, and that's the Sacramento Kangs. Uh, obviously, Boogie got traded for Buddy Heal. They had pretty much, I want to say, seven good quarters over the weekend, but they just got destroyed in the third quarter on Saturday against Charlotte. Um, to the big story, I guess, was Willie Cauley-Stein. He had the career high on Friday. I guess you can call it a dud on Saturday, but he did have some blocks. You are a proud Willie Cauley-Stein owner. Um, so how do you feel about him going forward? Do you want to throw out some possible averages? Uh, obviously, he's a must-own. How does he stack up to Willie Hernan Gomez, Holmes, and Big Sauce? Like, how, how do you stack up those guys? And But, yeah, just generally, what are you expecting averages-wise? I think I'd take Hernan Gomez over him. First, I'll start there. Um, I just think we've seen him do what he's been doing for a longer period of time. Uh, with Noah out, there's so much stability there. Uh, but I don't know, man. Call his son. He's got he's got very intriguing upside, and he showed a lot in that Thursday game when he scored 29 points with 10 boards. He scored in a bunch of different ways. It wasn't just him, you know, hugging the rim and getting putbacks. He Five. put the ball on the floor a couple times. He nice. showed some post moves, hit some mid range shots. Uh, so I was really impressed by that, and I think I think we're going to see some great stuff going forward. Yeah, I'd take him. Uh, I don't know if I'd take him over. Big sauce, I think I would. Yeah, I think I would too. Just because, I mean, we don't know for sure that Chandler's going to sit every game. Right. I mean, that's that's harsh, man. For a healthy player, getting up there in age, we we know Tyson Chandler's always been a good locker room guy and all that stuff, but that's tough. I mean, to be at the tail end of your game, he, like you're going to have regrets about that Like in like four years. If he sits the entire half of the season, like he, that's going to be bad. But um, to your point, yeah, he did a lot of stuff on his own. He had five unassisted baskets in that big game where he had what, um, whatever it was, I think four, what, 29 points. But, um, yeah, he looked great. Um, but that's, that worries me, though. I don't want him to do that. I want him to be the role man. I want him to be five feet in. Um, and one other thing he didn't mention, too, is he's been great from the free throw line lately. Um, he's, he's been about, probably yeah. the past two months, he's been like 77%. That's big. So, yeah, I think it's pretty close. Like, obviously, you own them both, but, I mean, Willie Hunter and Gomez is rock solid. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's pretty much those two than the other guys we mentioned after that, just because of the uncertainty with Holmes. and they need, Holmes and Big Celeste need a little bit more to happen to get there, but it could definitely happen. They arguably have higher upside. Uh, so, really, the other big winner for the Kings over the weekend was Scalabissier. He looked great. Um, really good rebounding game. Had a career-high scoring on Thursday. So he looks like a good option. They wanted to send him down to Reno on Friday, but they changed their mind. Like, oh, no, we're just going to play you Saturday more. And they did. Um, he had a 13-rebound game. Really nice contested rebounds. Uh, a lot of bounce to his game. Kind of reminded me a little, little bit of Sean Marion. Doesn't have range. Like, you can see his range is only about 18 feet. Um, he took about a 24-footer on Saturday. This was way off. I mean, he had only one shot, but his range isn't there. But rebounds, I think he'll get uh, up temp more be a more of an up tempo system. Obviously, the shots are there, so I like the Bissier. It's like um, he'll trend up. His roadblocks are Costa Kufus and Anthony Tolliver. So I mean, he, he should be getting yeah. there in a month from now. I think we'll see the Bissier. Like if you can afford a stash and a fourteen teamer, 
Uh, I could see him being like a top 100 kind of a guy. He doesn't have too many holes to his game. Yeah, if you're in a competitive league and the waiver's thin and it's a deeper format, he's he's legitimately an interesting stash. Um, he's looked really good. And, you know, there was a lot of garbage time versus the Hornets, but the Kings still ran out. Buddy healed for the entire fourth quarter. Uh, Coley Stein played half of it. Uh, Ty Lawson played half of it, and then Scalabissier played the entire fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, they really like what they have there, and you mentioned the guys that are ahead of him in the rotation are the most imposing. So, yeah, he's, he's got some juice the rest of the season. And I think when I was watching that game, Labissier went in in about, I want to say, four minutes left in the first, something along those lines. He had a nine-minute stretch, and then, yeah, like you said, they didn't put him in in the third very early. And I think that's because they let the game get away from him. Like, all right, we're just going to play him the whole fourth. So I wouldn't read too much into the low third quarter minutes. I would yeah. probably pencil him in right now, like for the next game, probably like 22 minutes. I mean, right out. Of, I mean, that's a pretty good number for a guy. And like we said, he's probably going to start in the last like three, four weeks of the season. So and the shots are definitely shots are going to be there. So backcourt wise, uh, Derek Collison not getting traded massive. Uh, I think he's going to be early round guy. They don't really have anyone to play. Um, like all these, like we talk about Hernan Gomez and these young players you want to get a look at. Kings don't have that. They don't have any point guards besides Ty Lawson, really. So uh, I like Collison a lot. I mean, if, if you held him and traded for him and all that, he should be good. Um, can, I'll, I'll keep going. Uh, Buddy Heald, he's just very empty. Uh, he's like a, a poor man's Devin Booker. Doesn't really do much else. Uh, he's going to be worse in percentages. Doesn't do anything on defensive stats. Not gonna, I think Booker will have better assists. So I'm not too high on him. Tyreek Evans, his minutes are up a little bit. He's, he's probably shooting in about 31 minutes when he gets going again because of the garbage time. So he looks pretty good. Um, who else am I forgetting? Uh, uh, ben McLemore had a good weekend. Uh, he's played really well. and But we do have Garrett Temple coming back. He got some shots up the other day. Uh, Aaron Aflalo is close. Malachi Richardson will come back next month. Kind of messy. I mean, besides Collison, I'm not too tied to anyone in this in this backcourt rotation. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Heald's upside for sure. But I'm with you. Just the, the hollow stats, and I would say the exact same thing for McLemore, mm-hmm. who it seems like they're finally just out of absolute necessity, giving him uh, minutes that people may have wanted to see in years past. But I just don't, yeah, I don't like either of those guys. Tyreek just makes me way too nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and with those veterans coming back and possibly Richardson, it's just too, too many unknown variables. Yeah, and Jaeger did talk up Temple and Malachi and Aflalo even. He apparently wants to play Aflalo, so... Um, I don't get no, that at all. Yeah, <laughs> no incentive to play him, but it sounds like he wants to play him. I mean, this guy, he wants to win games, man. I think that's what it comes down to, and and this team's not good, and he's been disappointing. They had all their aspirations for playoffs, and yeah, so... Okay, so moving on to... Um, let's see here. Uh, that's pretty much all we had for the, the notes. Um, let's just talk some other uh, winners from the deadline, actually. Uh, Terrence Ross, a, a guy that you and I were not very high on coming in um, to, to the season because he's like he's like uh, a heel. He's just very points-dependent. But they're running stuff through him. He shot the ball well. He's going to take a ton of threes. Uh, this team needs a shooter. This team needs someone to create offense. Uh, Evan Fournier is not the offensive creator he used to be earlier in the season, whether it be foot or whatever it is. But... He's going to get shots. He's, I think, going to get a decent amount of steals. I think he's going to probably hang around two and a half assists, maybe three, four boards. I think he'll be all right. Uh, I don't think he's quite the hot pickup, but someone I would want to pick up in 12 teams, especially if I need points. Yeah, I'd grab him for sure. Um, just just based on workload alone. He's, his minutes are in the mid-30s. 
He's averaging 16 shots per game over the past two games. They're just throwing him into the fire. Um, and Vogel said all season that he wants a creative wing scorer, and now he's got one. So, yeah, they're, they're just going to run him out there. He's getting some boards. He's got five steals in the past two games, which he's, I know he's not going to keep up that pace, but uh, still, still nice to see. So if you can live with, yeah, you know, he's going to shoot probably low 40, uh, you know, 42, 43%, I'd guess. But he does enough across the board that I, I he's a solid pickup to me. Yeah, he's shot the ball a lot better. Um, Synergy's been tracking his isolation. He's been phenomenal isolation score. I mean, top top quarter percentile. He's been really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're going to see the assists come up a little bit. He's been empty. I mean, on the season, he's averaging 0.9. So uh, I think that'll come up a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's shooting 44% from the field. He takes a lot of pull-ups. So I think they could get him integrated more and catch and shoot. Obviously, Alfred Payton can't handle the ball very well. So um, there's ball handling responsibilities there too. So he looks great. Um, other than that, uh, just quickly on Justin Anderson. I want to talk about him. Jonas and I like him a little bit as a stash. Uh, his roadblock is Gerald Henderson. So he's not like he's like the next level down from like Scalabissier. Like this guy is just like... He's going to get you pretty much nothing right now. And then I think in a month from now, we're going to see a little bit of Justin Anderson, who's good per 36. A little bit of the, the goody stats, steals, blocks, and threes. Sorry if you guys hear my puppy whining. <laughs> he just wants to go out and He play. wants to eat my couch right now, or my little recliner. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts on Justin Anderson? When do you think he can make an impact? He got, what, four minutes on Saturday and then DMP. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, I think they're going to slowly work him into the rotation. He's a... Very intriguing kind of piece going forward, so they're going to want to see how he fits with their current personnel. Um, if he, if you're looking at him as a fantasy stash, I'd expect to just sit on him for a couple weeks without getting much much to speak of. Uh, at which point, hopefully mid mid March, he could start producing. But yeah, another guy. As, you know, you compared him to Lebesier, same thing. Just kind of deep league stash. Otherwise, got to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, just got to ask you quickly about Robert Covington and the homie Dario. Uh, what's up with those two guys? I mean, Covington's been ridiculous. I mean, he's just three steals a game. What three? He's pretty much like three threes a game. Not shooting the ball terribly. He's getting like a block a game now. Um, just unreal. I mean, where are we drafting Covington going forward? And then, what are your thoughts on the homie Dario, who's been twenty ten like every night? Covington is like a legit top twenty player. <laughs> he just keeps doing it. Um, early in the season, it was his field goal percentage that was absolutely destroying him. And caused him to pop up on a lot of waiver wires. Um, but you're looking over the past two weeks, which is only four games, but he's he's been the second best player in nine cap behind Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, he's just he's playing out of his mind, and I, I don't think the Sixers have any real incentive to tamp down his minutes. So I think he's pretty safe the rest of the way. Uh, if we were drafting today, I don't I wouldn't take him as a second round pick, but top top thirty for sure. Really. I think. I mean, I'm just talking from now to the end of the season. Yeah. Dude, dude is just balling. So, yeah, I'd take him with a third-round pick. Yeah, the usage is going to be there for sure. And then also, too, Ursan Eliasova's not there, so there's they need him to space. Um, especially with Dario, who's not quite the shooter yet. But Dario's been really good on kind of – he even runs, like, snake pick and rolls and stuff, man. Like he's been, They've been working really well off each other. Um, but, yeah, even Holmes isn't a high-usage guy. Okafor is, so, but we'll see. Uh, obviously, TJ McConnell, very low usage. Joe Henderson, the same thing. So, yeah, he's in a phenomenal best spot. I, yeah. I can't say that. Like, he's not going to be three steals a game. But I think two's legit. Um, I don't think the blocks are for real. But, yeah, if, if we're... Yeah, he's pro- I'd probably say, like, fourth round. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just not quite sold on the, the efficiency right now. 
and the steals. <coughs> okay. Anything else you want to add? Um, oh, just about we didn't talk about Nurkic really since um, since he's kind of been good. Uh, what what are your thoughts on him? Uh, I'm surprised that he's yeah. that he's looked as good as he has. To be perfectly honest, um, never been his biggest cheerleader. Yeah. But, yeah, give him props. He's looking good there. And if it weren't for foul trouble in his last game, he could have had an even bigger night. Uh, lost lost two teeth and didn't miss a beat. So I give him props for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you picked him up, you have to be thrilled with what you're saying. For sure. So, um, actually, uh, I got a good question from another podcast last night that I'm going to ask you. Would you rather have put you on the spot here? Uh, Marquise Chris or Nurkic? I went with Chris, unless I'm punting free throws. I was on with Jardis, and as you could imagine, he went with Nurk. Um, so who would you rather have um, in a vacuum? Tough question in a vacuum, so they're kind of different. Yeah, I still think I'd, I'd take Nurkic there, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a little more sold on his role, sold on his, a uh, little bit more consistent, when because we know that he's going to get the minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just just a little more proven body of work, I guess. Yeah. And they're both, they're, if you talk about the foul trouble, it's like a push. Um, they're both very foul-prone guys. Um, but yeah, it's, and if you're punting free throws, for sure, like head-to-head, I'd probably give the edge to Nurk, too. But I'm, I'm really high on Marquise Chris going forward from what the, from what I heard. Okay, so anybody else that we didn't, oh, we got a, we got a lot of Josh Richardson questions. So um, well, what are your thoughts on him? Been really, really bad. They're going to take care of him. Spo called it fluid. Well, what are you thinking for him? Uh, I'm fine just living on the wire at this point. Uh, we, we've given him more than enough chances, and I think after all those injuries, the Heat are just treating him like a Fabergé egg. They're not going to you know, push him at all. So, uh, yeah, he's averaging under 14 minutes in his past two games. We've seen his upside. It's, it's there. It's been on display, but for such short, tantalizing periods of time that I, I, I'm just kind of over it at this point. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, you're pretty much... He's in that Labissiere territory. Like, you're not counting on much now, and you're hoping that they let him go. The Heat are in the playoffs. Waiters is playing well. It's pretty much against him. Uh, and just quickly on the Nets. We didn't talk about the Nets um, with the Bohan deal. Karis Avert was quote-unquote ill. Not sure I'd buy that. Um, Lynn's going to be hardcore restricted. He played 15 minutes each game. I think that was by design. No, not even with garbage time factored in. Brooks going to get rest. Uh, Rondé's played well. He's played the four. He played straight four. Even without Levert and without Bohan, he still played straight four. So there's minutes there. I mean, we're going to see Skillpatrick play a lot. He's been terrible. Um, Joe Harris has been playing a little bit. We saw Dinwiddie play off the ball a little bit. Uh, any kind of takeaway? KJ McDaniel's got garbage time. Maybe we. I'd love to see KJ, man. That's a that's a fun team right there. Levert, Rondé, and KJ. Um, yeah. I'd love to see that two through four. Yeah, I just blew a huge amount of cash in our uh, FAAP budget and 30 deep to get KJ McDaniels in the hopes that they unleash him. But uh, yeah, in terms of those backcourt guys you mentioned, like Dinwiddie, uh, Kilpatrick, Harris, I'm not really into any of those guys. Yeah, um, it's just the rest, man. Like, I would love the vert right now, but they're going to sit him. It stinks. Like, I didn't think they were going to rest. He's He had foot surgery, I think, on the 13th or 17th of February. So he's had a, over a year now. Come on, dude. Like, Simmons had his, what? Simmons is going to be probably over a year, too, for when he starts playing again. We'll see if he plays in Summer League. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's get to your questions. We're doing okay on time. Um, ben Stein's asking, um, do you want to win my money? No kidding. And then also, uh, head-to-head league. Where he's punting free throws and points all year. Is it worth to keep PJ Tucker, who we didn't talk about, and I want to add something there too, um, or add some three point guys? I think Tucker would be okay for threes. 
Um, so what's your thought on Tucker? One thing I do want to add, um, that three-man on Saturday or Friday, the Tucker, Carroll, Ibaka, three through five, they were plus 98 net rating or something, 97 in nine minutes, um, just <laughs> took over. So what are we doing with Tucker? I mean, three-pointers, he was killer. We talked about him before. He was like top 45 for a good month. So what yeah, are the expectations for him? His steals really buoyed his value. And we've seen him. He had one very good game in Toronto and then one disappointing game in Toronto. So I I think he's fine. I think the role he's in is conducive to low-end value. Um, See, so you know, if there's a hot free agent out there with higher upside, go for that. But in terms of just a decent guy to hang on to, especially if you're punting points and don't need volume free throws, um, yeah, keep Tucker. One thing I want to add that I hate, uh, and it, it's my worst fears have been realized. I, I am a JV guy, and I knew that there was going to be a concern that Ibaka was going to take minutes. JV's pick and roll, he's very bad. He's very much only eight feet in on defense. He really can't put him on an island, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't look good at all. Um, I, he's taken two hits hard on Saturday, Friday, excuse me, uh, 18 minutes. Wasn't in foul trouble. Uh, ugh. Um, I've had people ask to cut him. Uh, which is harsh. I mean, he still was really good. Uh, only 22 minutes, but he's good per minute. If he could just keep it with 23, 24 minutes, he could still be a mid-round guy. Don't panic. Um, but yeah, obviously, Bebe Nagara gets gets the kibosh. Um, so what, what are your impressions on Ibaka, who's been great, by the way? Um, you're, yeah. you're, you're an Ibaka guy as well. So what are you, what's your thoughts on the Toronto front court? And, uh, you know, Nagara is dead in the water here, yeah. obviously. Uh, Patrick Patterson, this did to him no favors. Mm-hmm. You've got Valanciunas hasn't played a minute in the past two fourth quarters, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much a direct result of Ibaka's arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, he fits exactly the mold that Dwayne Casey's been saying for years <clears throat> that he wants more uh, versatile defensive lineups on the uh, on the court down the stretch, and Ibaka gives him exactly that. So um, even worse for JV is the fact that Ibaka's looked really good in those in those lineups. Really good, right out of the gate. Terrific defense, yeah, spreading the court, just doing everything they needed. Um, he looks great. He's in a perfect spot. I think he's going to may, maybe better there than he was in Orlando. One thing I was kind of spitballing by myself is how, like, Lowry being out. Lowry and JV have a really good rapport. Uh, they run a lot of high-screen stuff with him. Uh, he likes to dump the ball in. Lowry's always been one of the biggest JV backers in the whole organization. So does that... A factor into JV seeing such a dip in the fourth and things of that, or is it just more Casey wanting to get a Bach out there has been great? I'm thinking fourth quarters, it's still going to be tough for JV to get on the court, yeah. especially if they have a lead. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and then also quickly on Lowry, who's banged up as well. Um, they apparently thought he'd be okay after the break, but he's not. So, Corey Joseph, do anything for you? We haven't talked about him yet. Yeah, it's like a streaming DFS guy. Yeah. Uh, as long as we don't know that Lowry's out for an extended period of time, he's not like a super guy to pick up over another free agent. Yep. And then also, Dewan Wright had a really good weekend, uh, especially on Sunday. I thought he played really well. But yeah, Lowry's going to sit. I don't. Uh, we saw this last year, and it bit him. Uh, you remember he had an elbow injury. He played through it, and him and as you guys know, he was terrible. Him and DeRozan were awful in the playoffs. So, uh, especially early in, in the playoffs. So, I think they're going to, they don't want to have that repeat thing. They're, they'll get him right. Uh, I think he's going to miss a good week. If you're playing weekly, I'd probably sit him this week. Um, but yeah, um, I think Joseph, yeah, he can, he can be all right. How many games are they playing this week? I think they're playing three. I'm not sure. Let me check that real quick. But what, did you see DeLon right at all? I thought he looked really good. 
He's clearly yeah, he did. Got some fourth quarter minutes and was pretty impressive. Um, you've got one thing about Lowry. I think the Raptors are are sitting in fourth place. They're two and a half games up on the Hawks. So I think if they start to lose more ground, they might be a little more inclined to just kind of throw Lowry out there because they want that home court. But yeah, they 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 know that they need to keep him rested for the playoffs. And what helps is the the Hawks are playing pretty bad ball. They got their butts kicked this weekend. And by the way, Raptors do play four games this week, so keep that in mind, man. Like, pick, I think Joseph will probably be top one hundred guy this week. I think he'll be all right. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, four games in against decent matchups. Um, let's see here. Knicks, that's a great one. Uh, Wizards, that's so so. Wizards again, and then Bucks is a bad one. So. Yeah, I think he'll be pretty good. Um, DeLon Wright, maybe top 150. I think he's been pretty sneaky in the other stats. Okay, so now we're behind schedule. All right, so Jay, uh, Jay Shane's asking, what are our thoughts on RHJ? We talked about that briefly. He had a good weekend. His minutes are still down. But his, um, what, first time in his career, he's had 15-plus points in back-to-back games, I believe. So he looks good. I, I'm Mr. RHJ, and I love the pace. I love that he's pushing the ball on the break more. Uh, I've seen Brooke throw, like, I want to say like seven or eight outlet passes to him in the past two weeks to get him to handle the ball on a break. Uh, encouraging sign there. He looks great. Um, not a red hot pickup as these other guys you mentioned, but in that second tier, um, like he's a, not in the Terrence Ross tier, like the next tier now. I think he's a, a solid pickup. Yeah, I'd rather have Ross for sure. But RHJ, you know, we've been patient, 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 and I think we're finally starting to see where he's going to turn the corner. Um, he averaged, uh, or I'm sorry, took 11 and 13 shots in their past two games. And previously this season, he'd taken double-digit shots just seven times. So to see that in consecutive games is very encouraging. Um, yeah, he's tr- trending up. And then I, I also like that they waved Luis Scola today. Not that Scola was getting minutes, but it just goes to show you that they're okay cutting their depth at their four and five to play the younger guys. So, yeah, and the departure of Bogdanovich, of course, helped him as well. Absolutely, yeah, they're they're gonna play, and I still want to see him play the three though. Like I think, but they re- like every time I see Atkinson talk, it's like, oh yeah, we want to have him be stronger, and like they want him to be they these like that Jay Crowder. He plays it half the time. That four four ball, the three that plays good four minutes. And he's got the size, a little skinny though, so he's he's gonna have to bulk up. Okay, so let's fight through the rest. Uh, we talked about Jay Rich. Um, v reports asking a rank here. The hot pickups, great, great question. Um, T.J. Warren, Terrence Ross, Nurkic, and Willie. I think you and I agree. Willie's at the top of that. Yeah, honestly, I put, I put them in like two tiers. I think Willie and Warren are pretty yeah. close. Actually, I, I like Warren the rest of the season. Yeah, I do too. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. And then I think I, I don't know, man. It depends on your free throw. If you care about your free throw, Ross. If you don't, Nurkic. And if you don't care at all, I would put Nurkic ahead of Warren. Yeah, such different, such different players and Ross and Nurkic. It's it's all situational yeah, there. Like we always we do this with DeAndre Jordan questions all the time. Uh, so Big Blue Entertainment, he's in he's in a shallow league here. Uh, he's asking to drop Drew Holiday for Ricky Rubio or Seth Curry. Uh, Drew clearly going to take a hit um, with Demarcus Cousins soaking up massive usage. Obviously, AD still there. So I mean, how do you rank those guys, Drew Rubio and Seth Curry, who's been red hot? He'll be moving to the bench though. It sounds like. Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, but if you're in like a win now mentality and your playoffs start next week, I, I, I mean, Rubio, Curry, both seem safer than Drew right now. Who's trying to figure out how to be himself without getting as many touches and being as aggressive? Uh, Gentry even touched on that. He said Holiday's trying to be too much of a pass first point guard. Mm-hmm. We need him to just be himself. 
Um, but how he does that, playing alongside these usage monsters, is anyone's question. Yeah, I think I looked up a stat in my little holiday boogie breakdown. I think the only guys with um, 24 minutes a game or something like that that have fewer like catch and shoot baskets, so guys that need the ball in their hands to get shots, are like James Harden, John Wall, Russell Westbrook. I think those are the only three guys uh, over Drew Holiday. So this guy needs the ball in his hands. He's going to trend down. But yeah, I, I, what, what about what about Seth Curry quickly? Um, does the move to the bench concern you at all? He's been so so good, top fifty in the past in twenty seventeen. He's been killer. Uh, no, I'm not so worried. Yeah, I mean, either. he's averaging thirty four minutes over the past month. I think if you bump that down to thirty two, his value is fine. Yeah, JJ Barea coming back influence you at all? Uh, in terms of being worried about Curry, yeah. No, not really. I yeah, think they can coexist, and Curry can play alongside him. And yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll make it work. That'll probably hurt Devin Harris more than anyone else. Yep. Uh, and then quickly on Yogi Ferrell, um, I got a, we got a question yesterday, uh, Jameer Nelson or Yogi Ferrell, in, the, in this league podcast you guys could listen to. You, I, I, we all took Jameer. Uh, yeah, I'd probably take Jameer, but I like uh, you know I think Yogi's worth owning. See see if he can yeah. trend back up. He's just struggling right now. He's gonna kill you in field goal percentage, I think though. Okay, so Sam's asking, um, which we t- it's Ross or Beasley? We're gonna obviously take Ross, but what were your impressions of Beasley? He had a pretty good weekend. Uh, yeah, he, he's playing well. He's who we've always seen, I guess. He can score in bunches, uh, grab some boards. Doesn't really do much for me in fantasy. Yeah, um, well, he should have, like DFS if you listen to this. Uh, Beasley today with uh, with no Middleton, Beasley could be pretty good uh, against the Cavs. Uh, okay, so what else do we got here? couple questions from Mr. Collins uh, asking for Alan Williams Big Sauce, Frank Kaminsky or Alfred Camino. I thought that was a good one. Um, yeah, I, th- I think if you're going to play it safe, go with Aminu maybe. He's, he's producing nice solid mid-round value. Uh, if you're sw- swinging for the fences with upside, uh, Williams is probably your guy. And then right in the middle is Frank the Tank. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Uh, Kaminsky's played really well, though. Uh, that whole center transition's been pretty good. My dog won't stop whining right now. Um, he wants to go outside. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'll disagree with what you said, man. Um, you hit the nail on the head. And he's also asking about Ish and Jennings. I mean, we know Ish. Ish is like Yogi Ferrell. He's going to hurt you in percentages. Um, Reggie Jackson's still there. He's a possible shutdown. So I think Ish is a decent stash. Jennings doesn't really do anything for me. I mean, he'll go to a, he'll be a backup at best. Um, he's not that great per minute, anyways. Yeah, I just saw the, a report that we posted two minutes ago. Apparently, the Wizards um, are interested in Brandon Jennings. So that's the kind of situation we're talking about. You know, he's just going to end up playing as a backup to someone. So uh, nothing to love there. Oh, actually, um, sounds like he's going to Charlotte too. Oh, oh yeah, well, he's, he... going to, he's going to Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah, that's just on the heels of that. There you go. Um, what, what does that do for you? Um, they just signed, <laughs> oh, they just signed Briante Weber too, man. I well, they need. That. I mean, they they were playing uh, who was it? Brian, Brian Roberts as their backup point guard. That was terrible. Yeah. So this is a good, really good move for them in reality, at the very least. Does Briante Weber get cut after that ten day deal he agreed to? Man, these things. I want to see some Briante. Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably. Yeah, these things. Alright, so we, we were looking like we were going to be short, but we went long. It's my fault, as always. So, you guys have a great week. Uh, be back on Wednesday for the DFS pod, and thanks for so much for coming on, Ryan. Alright, go walk your dog, Mike. <laughs> well, thanks, man.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.